This episode of Hop Heroes is brought to you by Magic Mind. Hey, Zach, tell me about your morning routine. Well, Jordan, let me tell you. I, I wake up, I do 50 push-ups, I squat 300 pounds, and then I have a spot of tea. Don't believe any of that. JR. You know, I'm, I get up at 4 in the morning, and I work that out. I sweat out as much as I can, and I have a piece of toast, and that's it. So both of you work out vigorously in the mornings, and you both look like this. <laughs> Jordan, I'm not sure if this. About. I think my sweatshirt is actually uh, hiding what I really look like. If I, I just, if I got more naked, maybe you'd see. <laughs> All right, let's move past that. So, what I'm proposing to you guys is you guys give your lifestyle a bit of a kick. It's called Magic Mind, brewed mm. by Stephen Strange himself in the depths of the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> this is a magical substitute for your regular daily caffeine boost, and it's not actually by Stephen Strange, but that adds to our comic feel it's actually from a silicon valley known creator and he has brought the world's first productivity shot to the main stage so curious what you guys think take a swig Ooh, ooh, yeah it's good no it's really good isn't that good yeah, yeah. like it doesn't hurt at all to go down yeah, it doesn't it's hurt. Smooth. It doesn't hurt me. There's no sharp objects <laughs> no. in the shots. So seems safe. Contains 13 active ingredients, scientifically designed to improve energy, focus, and mood while decreasing stress. All things that combined improve your productivity. So it's basically supposed to get away from that anxiety, caffeine, jittery feel and just give you that natural calming boost. And I've been doing it for three days now, and it's supposed to take you know about 72 hours to kick in fully where you feel the effects of everything inside of it. And I will say it's a lot more calming energy than i've ever experienced from coffee cool i love it so get yours today go to www.magicmind.com slash hop heroes and put in our code hop h2o and get 20 percent off your next subscription it's as easy as that go to www.magicmind.com slash hop heroes and put in our code hop h2o and get ready for your life to change welcome to hop heroes where we talk about nerd culture Storytelling, myth making, alcoholic beverages, and the underbelly of the dirty city we live in. This week on Hop Heroes. You have the body of a junior high girl? Pretty much, just. It's kind of hot. <laughs> That's gross. What <laughs> is happening? Get us out of here immediately. You loved it when Batman showed up, right? That was unexpected. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was super unexpected. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did watch this. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not an anime fan. I was like, just get the first episode a chance. And then I checked. That was like on Thursday. And I checked with him on Monday, and he'd watched three seasons over the weekend. (laughs) I told you, bro. I freaking told you, dude. Let's get it. Hello, and welcome. To another episode of Hop Heroes, a show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I am your host, checking in from beautiful Spokane, Washington, Jordan Erith. And with me, as always, we have the talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. It's good to see your face. Yeah, I'm not quite liking my face as much, but it's good to see yours, too. I'm a little chunky right here. Oh, no. I leave for a month, and you've already lost all of your security. You don't have any confidence? He's on the video cam, and he's just tearing himself apart. Yeah, dude. This is what high school and junior high girls go through every day with Instagram. So now you know. I have the same size body, so, I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) You have the body of a junior high girl? Pretty much, just. It's kind of hot. 
Into that. <laughs> That's gross. What <laughs> is happening? <laughs> Get us out of here immediately. <laughs> and moving on, we have our third host, Zach Barlow. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Uh, w- this is our first remote episode that we've done in forever. And mm-hmm. I just want the audience to know that our start time was at least an hour and seven minutes ago. And we've just been like struggling with technology to get this work but i think that every, it, it's, it's all gonna be good you guys can't see my face but i can see you and uh i'm happy to see you guys how's spokane jordan yeah it's actually kind of an ideal setup just jr's visuals zach's voice it's kind of the best of both worlds <laughs> uh spokane's great man i know i miss you yeah. spokane yeah, is that's... great it's fucking cold but uh it's good and it's just Wider roads, bigger parking lots, less traffic, nicer people. Um, everything's a little nicer bit cheaper. People? Are you guys? Oh, are yeah. you going to like oh, every yeah. WSU game ever? Well, I went to the Colorado game when we mopped Deion Sanders and crew, um, so that was really cool. But that was the last home game, um, and then the Apple Cup happened. Obviously, we don't need to talk. Didn't about you go to that. a basketball game too, or no? I went to a Gonzaga game because. Uh, oh, that was oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My company has season tickets to Gonzaga, and they're like seven in the country. So that game was a freaking. They played like Arkansas Pine Bluff. It was oh, yeah. like they beat him by <laughs> fifty. Game. Yeah, yeah, so that was cool though. It's a really small like stadium, um, bunch of privileged private white private school white kids. You know, acting out. It with always their blows yeah. my mind Mountain that Gonzaga Dew. is like so good at basketball you're like they're like a national name in in basketball and everybody knows them and if if people if people outside of washington are like oh you're from washington dang have you ever been to gonzaga or a gonzaga game it's like mm-hmm. i i i'm from washington i've lived in washington my whole life i forget that gonzaga's in washington like i'm sorry if we have any gonzaga listeners here but like it's like this it's a, it's this weird conundrum because they're a world famous team they're super competitive year over year on the national scale but for some reason, they're literally like the least popular sports team. I feel like in the state. Like, how many Gonzaga fans do you know? Do you know? Like, is am I, is that just me, or do you, do you feel like that's true? Uh, no, it's true. Like, even over here, like the town, like the neighborhood is ridden with like Coug flags and shit, and there's barely any Gonzaga gear. But yeah, man, Spokane is it's great. But only this is my first time owning a house, and there's a lot of responsibilities that come with owning a house, and. Uh, yep. This is my first time hanging Christmas tree lights. I, Fuck. I was going to say, like, Christmas lights outside of the house, right? Yeah, not Christmas tree lights. Christmas lights. And, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. like, I I spent, like, two hours on the front <laughs> gutters and shit just clipping lights and taking forever. And I, That's snow, too, right? Yeah, it's snowing. I didn't get enough clips. And then I waited for the <laughs> snow to die so I could do the top roof. And so today I went out there, and it's just covered in, like, frost and ice. And, like, I... I'm going to kill myself if I try and do this. And, and Melissa's still like, so are you going to do it, though? Like, I want those. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it's December 9th. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? I'm not. It's Christmas vacation all over I'm not again, going Griswold. Life. We did go to a Christmas tree farm and chop down our own tree, though. That was that was we really cool. saw your stories. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Look so, at you. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been going well out here. Um, but we were talking about Gonzaga. Speaking of sports, did you guys see who just signed? Uh, Otani, the no, news just who? came out. No. The Dodgers just signed Shohei Otani to ten years, seven hundred oh. million dollars. Seven hundred million dollars, dude. He makes one hundred ninety-three thousand dollars a day for the next ten years. 
<laughs> Holy Is that my. guaranteed, too? I, guaranteed. It's Are baseball, yeah. Are you serious, yeah. dude? That mm-hmm. is, like, the wildest. Well, I don't know why anybody tries to play any other sport as a kid. It's all like baseball, if that's baby. the money that's going on in baseball right now, like, bro, every kid that's listening right now should just drop what you're doing, stop playing basketball, stop playing football, pick up a <laughs> mitt, pick up a bat, and figure it out because that contract is absurd, dude. Seven hundred million dollars. Insane. Jeez, I thought the Mariners were like in the running to try to get him. I they were. They had a pitch, and it was one year, sixty-five million. <laughs> that was their. That was no their offer. Way. Uh, wow. So that's a classic fucking Mariners approach. But um, let's not get too sad wow. here. Let's uh, let's talk about what we're chatting today. So we have three topics for you that we're gonna run through today. We have the Marvels, which I'm sure we're all ecstatic to run through. We have uh, second season of Invincible. And then we have the final season, um, or Zach might just recap the entire series since it's the over now. And he watched it series. all of the uh, incredible anime uh, Attack on Titan. So we are giddy to go into today's topics. But first, let's go to our beverage breakdown. So. We're going to go back to college today, boys. We uh, can't wait. We have a little treat for you. Well, it's mostly me, and I'm not looking forward to this. So, Zach, you remember our 21st birthday? Nope. <laughs> so, we took a trip to Vegas on our 21st birthday. Oh, God. And Which we had to fly We had to fly separately. Uh, I can't remember why. So everybody was down there by the time I arrived. And so I I was, it was I flew down. Zach turned, turned 21 on the 20th of August. I turned 21 on the 27th. So Zach was already 21 when we got down there. I flew down on my 21st birthday. And it was an exciting time for me. I'm going to Vegas. I just turned 21. I wanted to get my beer in early. Like I just I wanted to buy beer because it was the first time I could actually legally do it. So I'm at SeaTac. I'm at the <laughs> airport. And I go to the bar. And I'm like, hey, can I get a Coors Light? Because I'm fucking 12 and I've never bought a beer before and I wanted to just get a beer in me. <laughs> and they wouldn't sell it to me because I had a vertical ID still because I had just turned 21 that day. And that was their apparently their reasoning. They couldn't sell to me because I had a vertical ID. Bada bada. Whatever. I have a layover in San Francisco. Land in San Francisco. V-line to a bar. Can I please get a Coors Light? They look at my ID. They said, oh, technically, we don't know what time you were born on this day, so we don't know technically if you're 21 yet, so we can't serve you until tomorrow, was their fucking reasoning. So I get to Vegas finally, and the first thing I do when I go is I just walk into a a corner mart, and I buy a Coors Light at 7-Eleven, and they they served it to me, sold it to me, and I bought a beer on the the sidewalk. They probably didn't even have your ID. I've arrived. So I go to the hotel. I change. I ask Zach where they're at. And they're at a beautiful little mom-pa hole-in-the-wall store or club, I guess, called Sapphire. So by the time I get to Sapphire, Zach is twisted. And everybody's gone. Everybody's having fun. Uh, For those that know, Sapphire is a strip club. And... Uh, I walk up to Zach. What it gets? Zach kind of recognizes me, and then it hits him. Oh shit! And uh, let me buy you your first birthday drink. What do you want? Oh, I do and so I, again, I'm 12. I don't know what to do. So I say, "Give me a Jaeger bomb." 
Um, and Zach is talking to this guy at the bar while he's asking me, and this guy's like from Australia. I have no idea what's happening, but he's having this conversation. So he orders me a Jagerbomb, puts a $10 bill on the counter, and keeps his conversation going. And the lady goes, that's $22. And Zach doesn't even hear her, and Zach just keeps engaging in this conversation with the other guy. <laughs> and so I don't even bother him, and I just put a $15 down and say thank you. And I paid for over half of my birthday drink. Um, and Jagerbomb was my first uh, <laughs> drink in a bar when I was 21. And uh, that happened to be the last $10 Zach had on the trip. Um, yeah, and that was about money s- that was six hours into the trip, <laughs> if that. So Zach had spent all of his money before I had even landed uh, besides $10, which he, you know, honorably put towards my, my birthday drink. So thanks to that, Zach. My last $10 uh, went towards it. It was, it was uh, the thought that counts. But we are doing a Jaeger bomb today. Can anybody guess why? No, why? Uh-uh. To honor Aaron Jaeger, obviously. Oh, duh! Come on, people! That's, Jesus, that's great. That's great. I thought Come it was gonna on. have something to do with like college, like WSU or something. Fuck that's no. great. No, this is a Attack on Titan. So I got my sugar-free Rockstar in the glass. Let me just pour this. I haven't. What's the last time you guys had a Jaeger bomb? Dude, it's oh, been. Oh man, it's been ten years yeah, at least. It's been a, a, a while. All right. Well, Can I just while you drink that, let me just say about that trip. Yeah, I go was ahead. so naive. Down the like, hatch. I brought like two hundred dollars to Vegas in cash. No, it wasn't that. It was like five, and I was like, "This is easily going to be enough money for me to be to go to Vegas." So funny. Young kids have no idea. <laughs> How was that? I do. That looked. <laughs> Well, it's like 1 p.m., and uh, <laughs> that's my first alcoholic drink of the day, so it's interesting. <laughs> interesting way to Usually start your Saturday. Usually that doesn't happen that way. Usually it no. happens at like 1 a.m., and that's like your 18th alcohol <laughs> yeah, drink of the day. Yeah, Jager Bombs aren't really an appetizer, typically, or an amuse-bouche. <laughs> I, feel like, a- I feel like you're about to just like hit the fast lane now, dude, because like, like, Jager Bombs do two things. They're, like, Jager is... I mean, it's a it's a hard liquor, so very alcoholic. But then you got the energy drink that just like speeds you up. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a great podcast. It's like a vodka Red Bull. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I tried to look up the history of Jägermeister because on the bottle it says since 1878. Google says you can trace its origins to 1934. So I don't know when it was established, but I'm gonna go with the bottle because I don't. I mean, it'd be a, a bold choice to put a lie on there. Uh, but it was. Mm-hmm. Established by Kurt Mast for medicinal purposes originally uh, out of Wolfenbüttel, Germany. Wolfenbüttel, Germany. Uh, so it was initially made for medicinal purposes, um, but it was soon celebrated for its bold and intricate flavors as a liqueur. Now, the Jaeger bomb was introduced in the 70s. Um, well, not in the 70s, but the Jaeger, like as a shot, was introduced in the 70s because. It was, you know, being sipped on in bars, and then they saw that it had a marketable uh, party, you know, opportunity because of the flavor and the ease of the drinking. And so they had girls dressed up in scattily clad outfits going to bars carrying Jaeger shots <laughs> in the <laughs> '70s to kind of promote the the party option with it. Worked like and a then, 
Look at, I mean, it had its run. I don't think Jaeger bombs are actually a thing anymore. This is kind of a blast for the past. I haven't heard anybody order one in a while. But when it was up and when it was hot, it was kicking. I love right. how it, it was created initially for medicinal purposes. Like, I just imagine this dude in, like, the 1930s or, like, the 1870s. And he's in some doctor's office. And he's like, yeah, I have a cough. And then, like, the doctor's like, all right, you know, take some of this. And he takes it like NyQuil and then realizes that he's like getting a little bit turnt and he's going back to the doctor like can i just get a bottle of it like a full bottle of that yeah that cough syrup. Like, <laughs> yeah let me get Still that cough there. syrup let me it's like the first like <laughs> over prescription in like human history it's like just getting trashed on jaeger in the 1870s i can see jaeger working for a little cough syrup kind of you know massage the back throat there i, I can actually see that i might give it a shot next time i have a cold i'm probably yeah. gonna kill myself um, <laughs> All right, so let's go into our first topic. Let's talk the Marvels. Uh, yeah, let's do it. What was your guys' movie theater experience with this one? Um, I went to the movies with my mom. So that is the best. Yeah, me and my mom try to watch <laughs> movies on Tuesdays. Like every Tuesday, we have like a movie night and. I uh, didn't really want to. I'm not gonna lie. I was not super stoked about this movie. I was, you weren't. Uh, this this one felt like clocking into the old Hop Heroes grindstone, if you will. Um, but yeah, yeah, I my mom was down to go see it, and so I got us some tickets on a on a random Tuesday, and we went to the uh, the Bellevue Theater that we love, and and ordered dinner and and watched it with her. Nice. So you got into the the bougie theater. You didn't have to. To go down with the peasants and find a seat <laughs> on a sign. And, uh, none, of that, none of that bullshit. I feel like that it's like the common man theater, honestly. Those theaters are dying out. Those theaters without reclining seats and reserve seating. I don't have any sympathy for them. So I'm going to talk shit about them until they get their Do you Do you have a theater corrected. like that in Spokane? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's like one downtown that we went to, and it has uh, assigned seating in the recliners. You can't order food, though, which is a bummer. Oh, um, but it's in the mall. Just like normal. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and uh, Melissa went and saw it last week. Um, and usually when I take her to movies like this, she's, you know, not, uh, has no idea about the lore or doesn't really care about the story, but she gets into it. Like took her to see <laughs> Batman. She liked it. She even liked Thor. Uh, this one like halfway through. Now granted, she is like about to pop. She's do yeah, in yeah, a month. Like, she's like, do. She's yeah. ready. So everywhere we go, she's just uncomfortable. But like, so yeah. she wasn't loving being in a movie theater for an hour and a half, two hours. But like 30 minutes in, she looks at me and she goes, you know, normally I enjoy these movies regardless if I like the story or not. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> like, okay, I, uh, I appreciate you being here, love. Um, but yeah, we we, uh, we went together. JR, did you, uh, you and Amber go see it? Yeah, we did. We watched it uh, at the AMC in Kent. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. So, Yeah, it's good, comfortable. So, um, yeah, I uh, I actually enjoyed the movie. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like um, I can't wait to talk about this one because it's, it's going to be interesting. But go ahead, Jared. Start. start. Yeah, I, um, I actually enjoy Kamala Khan as a Marvel character already. And... Um, and and I actually enjoyed the TV show that that that, that she was on too. So the, the Miss Marvel TV show. So um, I kind of was positive going into that, and then 
I mean, just the um, I, I don't know. I, I've been digging. It's, it was a space movie. So I enjoyed the space movie um, aspect of it. And I mean, there were parts of it that I was not happy about. But ultimately, I think at the end, I was enjoy enjoyed the movie, which I was surprised, to be honest. So with you, you were surprised because you went into the movie like expecting not yourself not to enjoy it. You thought it, you were going to. I just we we didn't enjoy the last one very much, and the only aspect that I knew that I was going to enjoy was the Kamala Khan stuff. Um, and it was it's kind of quirky, and she's very quirky as a character, and she's the actress is very quirky. So it was, um, I knew I was going to enjoy that. I was really hesitant to enjoy Brie Larson, um, (laughs) and I was really, (laughs) I was really hesitant to enjoy. Um, obviously any Marvel movie right now has been, um, yeah. garbage. So you go like, in on edge, gonna be good, you go in skeptical. Yeah. You're kind of stressed out a little and you're kind of like, it's a movie though. And you're out, you're eating popcorn, you're spending 50 bucks more than the fucking tickets, you know, when you go to a movie. But yeah, I think I, uh, I was happy at the end. I mean, I love Samuel L. Jackson, you know, I love the, the, there were some things that were like that would never happen ever, but then again, we're watching a Marvel movie, so you know. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, uh, I'll go. I'll go yeah. next, and then Zach, you can you can hop in. I actually was right. surprised too. I didn't hate it. Um, Melissa might have. I didn't hate it. She she didn't know what was going on. I think she just hated sitting for that long. But the uh, yeah. the movie wasn't Damn. as bad as I anticipated. I I thought it was wow. going to be absolute trash. Now I'm not saying I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't leave like. Yeah, I'd watch that again. Um, but I didn't leave hating it, which I kind of walked in thinking I would. Um, right. I did think that it needed some more, like, just characters. I mean, the Kamala Khan character, I think her Iman Vellani, I believe, or Iman Vellani. Yep. Um, she's been kind of traveling all the talk shows and everything since the movie came out and not really, like, defending it, but basically saying, go make your own opinion. And she is, well beloved like everybody thinks she's great and, and she did kind of carry the comedic tone of this movie which it desperately yeah. needed yeah. because Brie Larson's her family, not funny uh, in the movie was pretty good yeah too. yeah, I yeah. Loved her, family. her entire family was pretty was pretty great and I think that yeah. you know everybody enjoys family. her and she's enough to make this movie watchable um I I didn't love the villain I thought the villain was kind of like whack um point, there's another yeah. another power staff Little, and yeah another hammer yeah, yeah, and there's just there's a lot of like I thought it was kind of cool that the how they had to like figure out how to use their like connective transporting to like fight with it and they kind of mastered that. That was that was neat. Teamwork. Yeah. Um I I think that there was a lot of not a lot, but there's some holes that you know I didn't necessarily want to dive too deep into cuz it's not not that kind of movie. I'm not expecting this to be a perfectly written sonnet of a story. Yeah. Um, but for a sci-fi movie, you know, like it's something that you could throw on the sci-fi channel on a Saturday afternoon while you're doing chores and it'd be in the background and you wouldn't be upset about it. Um, so I don't think wow. it was terrible. Damn. This is like yeah. very surprising to me to hear. Yeah. I think we all are. I think I'm definitely as surprised how much I enjoyed it, to be honest. Like I was definitely like, I walked out of that theater. I'm like, that was fun, actually. You know, yeah. or, you know, I was like, 
man, I feel good about that, you know, because sometimes when you, particularly when it's a really good movie, you feel like you're, like, a superhero, like, I can do anything, you know, like, I'm ready to, like, jump this building, and then there are times you're like, that fuck, they just ruined my fucking weekend, <laughs> spend the 80 bucks just to watch this Trip, ruined my you know? fucking weekend. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I better my team better win tomorrow, you know, and Well, we're also pretty bitter so. about the direction Marvel's gone in and like, you know, it's like you have your favorite NBA or NFL star that's like way past their prime, but you're still ho- It's like when Ken Griffey Jr. came back to the Mariners just to retire a Mariner. Oh yeah. And was like just falling retire, asleep yeah. in the dugout and shit, like he was just fat <laughs> and old <laughs> and shouldn't be out there, but the fans came to the stands to see Griffey, so he's going to go out there and play right field, and he's going to be awful at 42 or however old he was. But it's Griffey. Like, that's what a Marvel movie is now. That's a great, that's a great It's analogy. like, you're going to go see it, but fuck, you're not hoping for – I mean, you're hoping for the best. You're not expecting much. I, um, I think that there's, like, a like a hope that, like, Marvel, the MCU is going to, like, bring it back – get it back together, though. Like, I wonder in the Griffey analogy, like, when you're watching, like, maybe there was that same hope that, like – Maybe he's going to, like, come back next week and be Griffey again. Because I feel like that's kind of how I feel about Marvel. Like, I'm waiting for Marvel to just, like, catch another heat heat streak, basically, and, and start dropping bombs like they did in MCU Phase 4. I, yeah. I, I know. I remember one moment where Griffey hit a game-tying home run, like, the eighth inning, and that was, like, the one highlight. I didn't expect Griffey to come back by any means. He'd have to have lost, like, 40 pounds to do, make that happen. But I think what I'm doing is going to the theaters hoping for a couple one-offs where I enjoy it. Uh, I don't think there's potential for Marvel to make a swing back to where it was or even, you know, sniff that, unfortunately. Yeah. And especially with the ending. I mean, they're going with the young Avengers, the all-female cast, like Ironheart and Kate Bishop and all. I just... I can't see that being something that I'm going to really love personally. Um, but what are your thoughts, Zach? You haven't really given so, your, your two cents. Yeah, so I, I really – I'm first of all, I'm just shocked that, like – I'm shocked at your guys' opinions. Like, both of you guys are like, actually, did, did you didn't think we're hate, gonna, like, hate it. it? I, yeah, I thought you guys were going to hate it because um, I'm pretty much landing in a very similar spot, and I thought I was going to be the only one, and I thought I was going to have to defend <laughs> it to you guys. So <laughs> – but I, I got there like in a, on a roller coaster ride because I kind of had an epiphany with this movie that I feel like I want to share. So I, I came into the movie similarly to you guys thinking this is going to be trash. I was even kind of talking shit about it to mom like on the way there. Like, you know, Captain Marvel sucked. This is whatever. Like, I'd rather see like so many other movies, whatever. So I'm watching this movie and, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I definitely feel like the characters that you all mentioned were, were good. There was some comedic relief. Um, you know, the cats, like, eating people to, like, save as, as escape pods. Like, I thought that was, like, funny. Um, and I, but I, I got out of it, and I was just like, w- like, what was the point? Like, wh- why did I watch that? You know, asking these kind of, like, bigger questions. But before I explain my opinion, I, I kind of talked to my mom, and, and she loved it. And she was like, yeah, you know, like, I just feel like I don't know anything about the Marvel movies. I don't know anything about um, the lore, but I feel like I just walked into, like, a movie that was about space, that was funny, that was fast-paced, and it was just a good time. And I had a great time, and it was, like, an all-female cast, female villain, female heroes, and it was just fun. And I just have been thinking about that conversation, like, more and more, and I've just been thinking, like, 
I'm biased. Like, I kind of go into movies and I'm looking for, like, these dark undertones or, like, these grandiose, like, commentary on, you know, society or whatever I'm looking for. Like, I just want it to, like, have that depth. And I think that that's not really fair to always have as an expectation in movies. Like, movies can just be fun. Like, that's okay. Like, they can just be fun and funny and light and that's chill. And I think that, like, especially a movie like this one where, like, it's an all-female cast, I think that oftentimes when you see diverse, like, lead films, you your expectation is that they're going to say something or do something meaningful with that opportunity. Like, but I feel like that's, like, a, a burden to put on a diverse cast. That's also not fair because there's plenty of movies that are led by fucking Robert Downey Jr. that don't – he doesn't have to say anything. Like, they can just be fun. And they're well-received just because they're fun. And so I feel like it's almost a flex in itself to have a diverse-led film like this and be like, yeah, we're not going to, like, make any commentary. We're just going to make a fun fucking movie, and, yeah, it's going to be great. And so the more I think about that, the more I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like it. Like, I – when I got out of it, I thought it was, yeah, it was fun. But I was looking for something that I really shouldn't have been looking for, in my opinion. And I think that if you're, like – not deep into marvel and you're just looking to have like a good time and you know be entertained and laugh and watch like a space flick then it's good like it 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 checks all those boxes and so yeah i actually liked it i do like it more than i thought i would like i feel like it's a better movie than i thought and um it's also helped me kind of like modify my own grading system in these types of scenarios i think yeah, I think one of the cool part is just from a comic book perspective is watching these characters who like appeared and and I loved how they were trying to come up with um uh the other Marvel Mrs. Marvel or Captain Marvel. I can't I couldn't even remember her name now but the uh uh where they were like trying to Spectra. I think that's actually the name of the I thought it was Captain like Polestar. Rambo. Actual, <clears throat> Rambo Rambo. Yeah. Is her uh, name Rambo Polestar? Or whatever. And, or is that somebody else? Was it Postal or Spectra? I, 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 I just enjoyed the fact that they were kind of playing with that, though, and that she didn't really want that, you know? And um, that's like, that actually, she shows up in An Amazing Spider-Man. It's really funny because a lot of these characters don't show up in their own books as first characters. They show up in other books. And, um, she shows up in, in An Amazing Spider-Man uh, annual, and uh, actually uh, Carol Danvers doesn't even get the Captain Marvel moniker until, like, um, another, you know, amazing or another spider-man book so it's it is kind of kind of shitty that they don't get their own like publicity i guess and i will tell you this separate from this one and the first one is i know they tried to do that in the first one right it was so focused on like trying to replicate black panther i think we talked about this before and it was like okay let's see if we we really put an an open eye to this culture let's try to do it this way as well and i think that was so forced which is really hard to watch a movie like that i think this one they just enjoyed who the characters were yeah they weren't trying to say anything it was like yeah right this is female led but like that's basically it and from there it's a movie it's a marvel movie yeah they didn't change anything out of those characters that's who they are and that's who these actresses are portraying and because that's their job right as actresses is portray these characters and what they mean and there wasn't anything that I felt that was like, oh, that was forced, yeah. you know? And the and fight it, scenes and... were dope, like like you guys mentioned, yeah. when they were, like, phasing in and out with each other, but they all have different powers. I thought there was a lot of, like, super creative 
environments like the singing mm-hmm. world like that was funny and cr- like creative um yeah. and at the end so like odd. if you did so watch <laughs> uh captain marvel um when spoiler alert when captain rambo kind of sacrifices herself before she goes she looks back at carol danvers and she says um higher faster farther which is was Loki kind of sad to me because Carol Danvers used to say that to her mom and then her mom died and then her mom asked her to take care of her daughter and then her daughter found out about it and then her daughter used that same catchphrase. So there was even a little bit of depth. Like, I actually feel like it was like a pretty good Marvel movie. Like, I feel like it was like pretty solid. Um, But yeah, I I know I don't have to defend it to you guys because I honestly thought I was going to have to. So I've, I was ready yeah. for war, but I uh, sounds like I don't, disappoint you, man. Yeah, it sounds like I don't have to defend it to you, but like I kind of have to defend it to like the rest of the world because it's getting fucking, sh- it's really getting shit on. I don't think it got terrible reviews though. I know that the public is shitting on it, and I haven't been a- looked at the reviews yet, but I do know it's the lowest grossing MCU film ever. Grossing, really? yes, but I think Which that means the that rev- the least amount of people have seen it. Like people are just right. like, nah, I'm out. I mean, Which sucks. I- I, I get it though. Like we saw it, we yeah, didn't we want to see it. We wouldn't have yeah, saw it if it wasn't yeah. for this podcast. Hell so like, we went and saw it. And now we're just telling people, hey, you're not gonna hate it. You know, yeah. it's something something for the kids too. Point. Like the kids will like it. Like if you have kids, yeah, kids will like it. And we saw it. And I guess the the takeaway is like it's worth watching. Well, I just it, it's actually it's a really diverse movie. I mean, the the director is Nia DaCosta, and she's a, a she did Candyman, a black woman. Yeah, yeah, and she did, she actually did that. She wrote the screen for it, so it's she's a screenwriter for it. So it was is really it, it was done in a way that yes, it was done by um by all women, but it wasn't like forced like the first one, and it was so much better. So it's like, hey, this actually happened, and people are are shitting on it because whatever the reasons I was like, Hey, this is how it's supposed to be done. Like if you want to put a spotlight on a specific thing, you do it in a way that's like enjoyable to the audience and, and not so forced. And I, I actually quite enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I didn't realize that she, it was a, a, a lady and, uh, she was a black lady. That's, I enjoyed that quite a bit actually. And she's only 34 years old. What the fuck? Damn, Jesus. Bro. 34. And, and she's already done that. That's, and there's wow. there's no love story in this, which is kind of wild. Not at all. I love that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Perfect. Which is awesome. I dug that too. Yeah, <clears throat> I yeah. dug that too. The love story really was Kamala Khan and Captain Marvel. <laughs> that was like the love yeah. story. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was cool. All right, so uh, I'll start with my rating. Um, again, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. So I'm not going crazy high with it. I gave it a six point five. Um. It's something that I don't think I'll watch again unless it's on and there's some reason I'm catching up on a Marvel run. While you're vacuuming? Um, I'll put it on while I'm vacuuming exclusively. Um, (laughs) But uh, I don't think it's terrible, and I think that, you know, some people will enjoy it, and it's fun. It's lighthearted. Nothing nothing to bat an eye at. Uh, Jared, what do you got? Um, I thought about this as as I left the movie. So obviously there's a rating when you right leave the movie and then there's a rating when you kind of have a, a a spot to think about it, you know? And I think my rating coming out of the movie was like around a 7.8 to an 8. Wow. And then uh, as time has progressed and you research things, I, I think I'm, I'm, I just only came down a little bit. I'm at a 7.5. Um, 
and I thought that was great. I enjoyed the the Easter eggs in there. I enjoyed the the comic book value in there. I mean, Miss Captain Marvel is a freaking space cadet basically, and we got to see that a little bit. And um, it's actually it's actually very Carol Danvers is a very sad story. So it's it's very she was kind of living a sad life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of enjoying enjoying that aspect of it. You're enjoying yes, her, her, her trauma. It's fucked. It's fucked up, man. Zach, I'm enjoying the the value of the story. <laughs> Zach, what do you got? Value. I actually have the exact same rating <laughs> as Jr. I I came in at a seven five. I I think, like I said, I think it's it's a good movie. Like it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not the best MCU movie, but it's good. It's a quality movie, and honestly, I probably I probably would watch it again. Like if Alicia wanted to watch it, I'd watch it again. So, yeah, I thought it was solid. All right, that puts us at a 7.2. Um, what do we got for Rotten Tomatoes? Does anybody have it pulled up? I got up? it. I got it. You got it. All right. The uh, critics have it at a 61%, 6.1. Audience okay. has it at 8.2. So we're kind of splitting the difference there. Oh, like 82. Yeah. Oh, that was like eight point two percent. It's like fuck. Oh yeah, I really hated 82. that shit. I just like scaled it to like what our scale is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're right there in the middle. Yeah. I'm more of a critic. You guys are more of fanboys, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> well, there you have it. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think you'll you'll hate it. Jr. Just before we end the segment, where is this going with the beast reveal in the post credit scene? Uh, spoiler alert: Oof. the X Men have arrived. Okay, Again. first of all, um, I got a little I got a little wet because obviously it was Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. who was um, Frasier, which if you haven't watched the current season of Frasier, you're missing out. Um, but you're it's leaning into um, obviously an X Men maybe X Men versus Avengers situation there, um, which is a great storyline. We've talked about that many times. Um, it's obviously leaning into. I mean, uh, Beast was CGI, so that was a little, a little off. But um, I mean, we're you got Deadpool versus Wolverine coming out, so I feel like the X Men storyline is coming here quick. I think it's you know, and I think they need to get to it quickly because otherwise people are just gonna start hating on everything. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, I think there's gonna be an Avengers versus X Men storyline here, and um, we. I mean, I've been seeing some rumors of Robert Downey Jr. maybe coming back. Yeah. So maybe we might see some Captain America, and we might see some, you know, some cool things where they're fighting each other. Cyclops turns into like the Phoenix in this, so it's oh, pretty yeah, powerful dude. stuff. Oh God yeah, damn that's it! What that's where I think that's what that's I first what saw. We it. Need. God, oh yeah, yeah, bro. Damn it. Oh yeah, bring that to the silver <clears throat> screen, baby. Oh, and Let's lastly go. is is the Thunderbolts. So there's a, a which is coming out soon. There, the Thunderbolt storyline they become the Dark Avengers. So there's like a, a Captain Marvel who's like an imposter, sh- and then there's like a like a uh, Wolverine's son is actually Wolverine. There's a different, but it's very there. So you got Thunderbolts, you got Avengers versus X Men. This is, these are all cool storylines. Um, I'm hopefully it gets it gets there it gets there. Fantastic Four may have been cast. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's nuts. So which. Uh, which mutant do you think Timothy Chalamet is going to play? Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops. I was thinking um, Bobby Drake. Uh, I think he'd be a good Iceman. Bob, um, what about what about Nightcrawler? 
That's right. I was thinking Nightcrawler. Ooh, that'd be cool. Kind of skinny like that. That'd be sick. Nightcrawler. I get behind that. I, he, yeah. I don't know why he, he's uh, in it, but I think he's going to be Little in it. Little spoiler, Nightcrawler is the daughter of uh, Mystique. Did you know that? The daughter? There's the son of Mystique. I'm sorry, the son of Mystique. <laughs> and, yeah, I did uh, know that. Mystique. And then they just revealed just who is the other significant... Um, uh, Isn't the uh, father the guy that's like, in like hell? Like the red Nightcrawler looking guy? No, it's a it's some obscure X Men, um, who is is like I don't even know their name, but it's another lady. So how does she have a boy? It's a whole storyline which you should look into if you're an X. Two ladies for, made Nightcrawler. Two ladies made Nightcrawler, some kind of mutant. Interesting. Descent. Well, uh, I'm gonna want you to touch on uh, what's hot in the comic book world in this story that's to come. Uh, in stock talk later, Jr. Just a heads up. I'll give you notice this time. So just drop it on your head. Okay, thank you. Um, I've d- done prepared stuff, so. Perfect. Well, uh, that's all we have for the Marvels. Uh, go see it, and we'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Action City Comics, who have been with us from the very beginning. Love you guys. Uh, they have our picture up on the wall in there from 2000 and whenever. That's how long they've been with us. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to know where the, you can look for them on Instagram, Facebook, they got a new Facebook group coming out where you can do auctions, exclusive books. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we love them to death and we appreciate them. So. Federal Way, Washington. Go say hi to my best friend, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Love you, Action City. And we're back. And I just want to give this opportunity for Zach to give us his thoughts on Invincible. Zach, what did you think, man? <laughs> God damn it. I thought yeah. it was really good, dude. The animations were great. Um, <laughs> and uh, storyline was superb. You know? What was your favorite part of the storyline? Because I agree. I think that was a great part of it. Yeah, dude, the storyline's super good. Um, I love it when Invincible uh, is gets in the fight with the robot. Uh, I thought that was... Did you... Pretty dope. Oh, the so robot. You loved it when Batman showed up, right? That was unexpected. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was super unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch this. Yeah, Zach didn't quite make it. He was watching every episode of Attack on Titan to get ready for this episode. So he he had to make some sacrifices, and he sacrificed Invincible. So JR and I will touch on it. So Invincible is uh, basically a story about, you know, a kid whose dad is the most powerful superhero on Earth. And he doesn't have powers yet. He comes to find them as he's graduating high school in the first season. Um, starts to master his powers, wants to follow his dad's footsteps, then finds out his dad um, is actually evil and is sent from another planet to prepare our planet for invasion and takeover. And he has to fight back to defend Earth. Um, and it gets very, very brutal. Um, borderline the boys' um, type brutality um and it's also really cool omni-man is the dad and uh he is been added into the latest mortal kombat game and that's true one of his fatalities (laughs) is the infamous subway scene where he holds up mark grayson to the subway he really got added to mortal kombat yeah and that's the fatality now is that subway scene from the first season where he's like putting his face through everybody and blood bones everything splattering around him so uh yeah pretty cool stuff um Second season only has four episodes out. 
the second half of the second season isn't dropping till January, which is a massive bummer. Um, yeah. So not a whole lot to discuss. Only four episodes in, but Jared, what were your what were your thoughts this season so far? I I, I was excited because that's such great animation. Um, actually, Amazon animation stuff is amazing. Uh, you know, like Vox 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 the Vox stuff. You know, I can't even say that right now. But um, their animation's been really good. And Invincible like took the is like their their starship, their flagship of of how this stuff is and um it jumped right in the comic book is really intense and there's some things in this comic book that you're not going to get in a uh, major publishing comic book you know stuff so uh, i was expecting to see just as much vulgar as i did the first season and so far so good i've seen plenty of vulgar they're out in space now um and um invincible is met up with his dad and, and somehow his dad has turned into much more of a good guy and he's trying to be better and um on earth they're the the team is trying to understand their place and so yeah i mean that stuff is really i enjoy that it, it, i can watch that stuff again like i watched the first season again you know even before we decided to do this i watched it again and um it's been really good i i would say amazon prime comic book stuff is like it's so unique and amazing so yeah 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 they're they're hitting home runs left and right i i think it's hard to really give an opinion on this this season yet because it's just so underdeveloped like i think the storyline with mark and his dad is is incredible so far Um, especially episode four like that ending was nuts Mm -hmm. um but the team part of it on earth like like the mom struggling with you know feeling like she's useless and i mean omni man called her his pet before he left her after 26 yeah. years or whatever like just awful i get what she's going through but like yeah. there hasn't been a whole lot of development with the super team on on earth yet and mm-hmm. so there's gonna be a lot more of that to come they had a little blip of um the cyclops seth rogan's character i can't remember his name um where he was like getting murked and now he's getting put to rest or whatever and who knows what happens there so like there's just so much up in the air but the the one storyline that is so interesting to me is what you talked about with with his dad not being able to kill him because it's his son. So that shows that he has a heart. And then that's mm-hmm. the end of the first season. And then he finds him again. He finds out he saved this ancient insect planet and fell in love with this praying mantis looking woman and had a child who is now Mark's brother. And he calls Mark to the planet to help defend his newfound brother because all of Omni Man's people are going to come and destroy it because it's against their race to reproduce with anybody that's not like human or not like their, their race. And so it's, it's an interesting dynamic to, f- to have to team up with this person that you just saw really destroy everyone on your planet and insult your mom. Um, and that dynamic is interesting. Like they're back and forth and then they're teaming up and they're, they're still at it. You know, that, that I'm excited to develop. Um, and then the end where he gets wrecked a little bit, that's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. Yeah. The action is intense and it's bloody. It's a lot of intestines. A lot of intestines. Yeah, intestines, bones. Vox Machina is the one I was talking about. Vox Machina is similar. If you haven't watched that, I mean, it's Mm -mm. there's like sex in it. There's it's bloody. It's gory. It's very fun. So good job. I know I haven't watched this, but when I watched the first season, I really got like you mentioned this, Jordan, earlier. I got the boys vibe. It felt like the animated. I mean, it's not exactly the boys. It's not like you know frame for frame but it's it's very much in that same like 
vein of superhero storytelling where things are like super dark and violent. So yeah, I think it's like like the the boys. boys, I feel like you're going to like invincible. I feel like it's the boys meets kick-ass kind of to me. Yeah. With the young up and coming fighting heroes. Fucking good by the way. God, I love So I know you do. Amazing. Uh, I do think that this season, second half of season two has to really step up in order to compete with season one, because I was just, I was blown away by season one. Like, I couldn't yeah. wait for the next episode. This season, I'm just like, oh, let's see how it is. And so far, mm-hmm. episode four is the really one that I really got sucked into. Yeah. Um, so, if so. They the, follow the comic. It's just as <laughs> it's just as good throughout the whole series, so. All right, well, yeah. looking forward to it. Um, so, I don't yeah. think, I don't know, probably shouldn't give a rating on this yet. It's just so. No, not yet. Half-baked. It's just a little teaser. Um, a little teaser. Yeah, so when season two finishes, we'll, we'll, we'll. We'll recap and see what our thoughts are on that. Zach, anything to add before we head out? No, nah, bro. Yeah. Let's, talk, let's talk about Attack on Titan. It's time. Yeah, we need some time for that. <laughs> All right, we'll be, uh, we'll be right back after this. Hello, Hopheads. We just want to take a quick moment to shout out our friends over at Hops Geek News. Hoppy Mommy and Mash have a podcast where they drink beer as well, and turns out they talk about nerd shit. So if you're enjoying this, you'll enjoy them. Uh, you can find them on the Hops News platform Anywhere you can find podcasts, and I uh, think when we went toe to toe to them in the nerd, battle, and they knowledge. did they did technically beat us, but like I kind of have a beef with that because they removed Jr. who's part of our team. <laughs> That's like, true. So That's it's true. like, why would you? Why were? Why are we tying an arm behind our? Like, of course you and me don't know what we're talking yeah, about. So like, it's been a I got a life. beef with that. I feel like we need a rematch, and I think we should have Jr. Yeah. But it wasn't that bad though. It was close, it was closer than we than we thought. It wasn't that bad. That's encouraging. We lost, <laughs> but we, we we it was close. This was supposed to be an ad spot for Hawks Geek News, and instead it's just a, a challenge. Challenge. <laughs> a challenge. We're throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> so we'll Halloween see you back out there. Twenty twenty two. Matter of fact, don't even go fucking listen to this guy. <laughs> just stay right here. No, we love him. Love you guys. Check yeah. him out. And we're back. And as I take this Jaeger bomb in honor of Aaron Jaeger, Aaron Zach. Aaron Jaeger. Why don't you give the listeners who haven't seen Attack on Titan a brief synopsis of what to expect for watching the show? Because it is a unique concept, and I don't think people looking at commercials or reading the synopsis are really going to get a feel for how great the show is. So yeah, pretend I'm a, right. a brand new viewer. What, am I, what should I expect with Attack on Titan? Okay, so Attack on Titan is a anime show that really slides um, its perspective from a pretty narrow perspective uh, to a super grandiose perspective at the end. And when you enter this show with like meeting these kids, these kids are living um, behind this wall and basically they don't know anything outside of the wall. Like they don't know what an ocean is. They don't know what like mountains are. They don't know anything. All they know is that they're in this wall because outside is dangerous because there's these things called Titans out there. And there's like a military that fights them pretty unsuccessfully, but they've been pretty safe in the wall. Very kind of secluded life. So the show starts with a Titan breaking what they thought was an unbreakable wall. And then the Titans like invading their like safe home. And like the story kind of, take like tragedy strikes right every lots of people die titans are like these giant monsters that eat people um so it's like super gnarly and then the story kind of goes from there like okay so now these titans are in the wall how do we get them out what can we do we learn more about their society like within the wall um and like a lot of the story takes place like just within those walls for like the first like two seasons um 
but goddamn, does it fucking zoom the fuck out after that. Holy shit, dude. Because, I don't know, like, after we get from there, we, we learn, like, where the Titans came from, why the Titans became who they became. Um, yeah, dude, it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it, it really does compound, and it's such a... It's the first time I saw it. I thought it was kind of like a, a horror action anime, just with these titans the way they look. Um, I think that uh, is a Hajime Isayama. Is that how you pronounce it? The uh, the manga artist who created Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Only thirty seven years old, mm-hmm. by the way. So we damn oh, wow. dude, I didn't know that. Shit. Yeah, we gotta get caught up, get get our shit together to keep up with these guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. I know, fuck. He was inspired. Uh, he, he used to work at a coffee shop, and this drunk customer came in and scared the entire staff. And the way it was like bumbling around and like looking at him, like he realized then that that humans were the scariest creatures on earth, and that's what inspired him to make these titans. And no way, if you, yeah, and if you look what? at the pure like the pure titans or whatever you want to call them, not the the nine or the founding whatever. Yeah. Like they look like just giant drunk people and the way they run around and like, it's just like, it's, it's almost co- comedic, but it's also terrifying. Bro, that's uh, hella crazy. It's also crazy because like towards the end of the season, one of the ways that, uh, uh, Zeke, the beast Titan, like fucks over the Eldians is cause he tricks them into like, they all drank wine. Mm-hmm. So I that's feel like that's parallel. like part of it too, because he puts a spinal fluid in the wine and everybody drinks it and then they turn yeah. into Titans. Wow, that's a throwback. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Great point. Um, yep. JR, you watched the entire fourth season? I did. It was... Um, How long did it take it you? It was fun. Oh, man. Like two weeks, probably. I had to stop a little bit because Hulu changed my package <laughs> deal from the fucking Prime to the fucking commercial and then you can't change it unless you change all like it's just ridiculous so i had to watch it with commercials so you know i wanted to stab my fucking eyes out yeah and um and every time i tried to switch it it was like no you have it's tied to my uh obviously tied to disney bundle which that is paid through my phone and it's just a mess so i just said fuck it i trudged through it it took me about two weeks i watched it while i uh nobody hopefully no hopefully people from work don't listen to this um or they do whatever but um I do it while I work on <laughs> my, my bids and my sales stuff. Um, nice. But I, I, I kind of looked into the actual um, – I didn't get to read it, but I got to kind of get a lot of the um, actual manga stuff. And it follows the stories of Marley, uh, which is chapters 91 through 106. And then it follows the war for uh, Paradise, uh, chapters 107 through 139. And uh, let me tell you, trying to find those anime books – are fucking hard really like yeah i could not find it and either hmm. you go online and they want you to buy this like huge like basic like collections of it or you, you know you can buy like a box set but i'm like i just wanted those two those two storylines and um if you ever go to barnes and nobles barnes and nobles has an amazing collection of manga to buy don't have it and so i could see um, i could see people like kind of hoarding these mangas and wanting them on their shelves because uh, although I didn't read the manga, uh, this anime—I mean, I don't want to say it's one of the best animes of all time because I think that that's a lot of people would disagree with that. But it's—it's it's fucking good. It's like one of the reasons why anime is so good. Like I feel like if you are on the <clears throat> fence of being an anime fan, just start AOT season one, episode one. 
and yeah, buckle up, dude. Enjoy the ride. Like that's what I did for this ep- for this podcast. I restarted the entire series. I started season one, episode one, and I watched all four seasons of all these episodes. And it is just like by the end, you're sad it's over. You know, you put in hours and hours with these characters and spent hours <laughs> and hours in this world, and you're just like. I feel like I could spend more time in this world because it's so thought out. It's so creative. And uh, I don't know, dude, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. can't say that enough. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely wants me to get back into anime a little bit. Cause we've taken a long gap, you know, between anime stuff. And, um, I quite, the, the art is so dark. I mean, the eyes are sunken in, you know, with art and the... Especially as you get later hatred, into the seasons. Like, the season yeah. four, the characters get really grim. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a yeah. way that they portray these characters that you've seen for, like, a long... Like, you, you met them as kids. And then if you see the same character models in season four, you just see that they're tired, you know? They look beat down. Like, and I just think that's that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really good, shit. enjoyable, and <clears throat> yeah, and it was pretty vulgar too. It was pretty violent, and um, I, I as as a guy who likes that stuff, I I quite enjoyed it. I enjoy. I remember watching the other seasons too, and we enjoyed those as much as well. And I mean, anime's been. I think we just need to get back into it because I think we missed out in the last what was the last time we did an anime stuff three years ago. No, was it? What was it? Was it Attack on Titan? Might have been that. Was that after season three? Was that after One Punch? Maybe. Yeah, I think One it was punch? season three. Yeah, I, yeah. Dude, One Punch was when Zach was living in Pacific or Algona, or whatever. No, it wasn't. That's how long that? Yeah, well, I remember watching One Punch on his on the couch next to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Damn. Well, it has been a while, then I guess. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think that. Uh, First off, shout out to my guy, Ryan. He's one of my coworkers. Uh, he works in the Tri-Cities. And uh, I told him to start watching this show. And he's not an anime fan. I was like, just get the first episode a chance. And then I checked. That was like on Thursday. And I checked with him on Monday. And he'd watched three seasons over the weekend. <laughs> I told you, bro. <laughs> yeah. I freaking told you, dude. Yeah. He got sucked in. So it's very approachable. And he's not even an anime fan. He's just a fan of art and good, good shows. Um, and I do think... That if you're going to watch the fourth season, do not start the final chapters at midnight uh, because A, they're an hour and a half long each, which I didn't fucking know. And B, there's no dub yet. The dub's not going to be released until January, so you have to read the fucking subtitles. So I was up till four in the morning last night reading subtitles and to finish this goddamn show. If you start it, you're not going to. You're not you can't just like, not you're not, you're not gonna walk away. Like I was so tired, I was like, I can't, I can't just go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so it's so intense. And those last <laughs> freaking two hours are just on the edge of your seat sweating like what's gonna happen. And it's it, and when you watch the subtitles, it's, it's not like you can like take it easy. You know what I mean? Like you no, have it's to watch fast paced. to read it. Like you have to like like you're You're in, reading a battle like scene on a fucking giant skeleton back in like in the ocean. <laughs> like it's it's not easy, but it's so so good, so intense. Um yeah. all right, let's talk about season four. So obviously uh characters true intentions were revealed in this season. Um 
what are your thoughts on the, the, the path of Aaron Yeager from beginning to end? Because obviously it's the, the heart of the story. Uh, he goes from protagonist to antagonist, you could argue. Um, there's, there's so much up and down with him. I know when we first, first reviewed Attack on Titan, he was one of my least favorite characters just because I always thought he was kind of a pouty bitch. Um, but he grew on me. And then this version of, of Aaron of just pure, like, dread and emotionless decision making. Like, it was, it was not what I was expecting. And it was a fun twist. Uh, yeah. but Zach, I mean, you just watched him grow up in front of your eyes in the past month. What, yeah. What's yeah. your take that's, on Aaron? That's the heartline of this entire show. So I, I, um, I really didn't like Aaron for a while. And I, I kind of had a similar situation where season one, I just felt like he was pouty and, and really all of it, like the whole, up to all three of the seasons, I thought that he was pouty as he got more powerful he kind of became less of a pouty bitch but he always was selfish like he always made selfish decisions where he would throw himself into like a overwhelming battle or situation and he was like clearly very valuable to like everybody around him and he would force everybody around him to also put themselves in really dangerous situations to basically save him like he constantly Mm -hmm. needed to be saved by the people around him even though he was very powerful himself and that just bothered me and to, to be honest that's kind of one of my bigger critiques of the entire show is that the main like driver of the plot for the entire series was this one character's rashness and like bad decision making like if you really think about it there were so many moments in the show that aaron could have just been like huh wait let's take a second and think this through maybe you're right and it would have just like solved all problems but because he constantly was like just nah fuck that and like armin would always be like hey man like if you you know don't jump directly into the armored titans way right now we might be able to like use some thunder spears to get him down and aaron's always just like fuck you army nerd and then just like gets wrecked by the armored titan and so i just over time like i think that's okay for a certain amount of of scenarios but i noticed that it kept happening and it started to feel like what are the odds that a character is this fucking dumb like that started to kind of bother me but in the fourth season he did take this like super gnarly heel turn uh, that i was not expecting and as he was kind of doing this i was thinking to myself this is fucking awesome here's this character that's really always been selfish that's always put himself first but has been kind of put in this hero role and now all of a sudden he's become this villain and everybody's trying to like you know grapple with that who have loved him especially there was a scene in season four where he basically is sitting down with armin and and mikasa and he's like they're like we can talk to aaron we can talk to him like we're his friends like just let us talk to him and he just he just decimates mikasa he's like you're trash you're a slave i fucking hate you i've always hated you and then armin gets pissed and then he just beats the shit out of armin like right there in front of mikasa (laughs) just gives him the hands and he's like you know why we never fought because it's not a fair fight and beats him almost to death and at that point you're just like oh my god bro like first of all that's so vile but second of all this is amazing like it what a character turn that how unexpected so i loved that i loved that but as I was getting yeah. deeper and deeper into season four, I started to get this theory, and I'm still kind of operating from this place where 
I really feel like Aaron actually at his core is not bad and never was. Like, I really feel at his core that he felt like the only way to free the aliens from, and I don't know how much we want to get into like explaining this whole story, but base, I don't know. You got to watch it if you're listening to this podcast at this point because there's a lot but he's trying to free the eldians from like you know racism basically because of this long history of you know terribleness from being titans whatever so i think that aaron the only way he thought he could free them was if he himself became this villain and released the rumbling on everybody else became the enemy of everybody else in the world and then let his friends kill him like because he thought if I just do the rumbling and then I stop, then sure, that might get us like 50 years or 100 years of peace. But ultimately, we're still going to be the enemy because they're going to know we can still do that. If we do nothing, we're still going to be the enemy because, you know, everybody hates us. But if I become this villain myself personally, but but then I still allow my friends to be free and then I allow my friends to kill me and stop me. Now, all of a sudden, an Eldian released this world-ending fucking situation, but then Eldian saved the world from it. And then, at that point, Eldia should be considered as an ally, and blah, 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 blah. I think that was his plan, and I think that's why he was so mean to Mikasa and Armin, because in his mind, he still loved them, but he needed them to hate him, because he needed them to, to like, to kill him, to, like, kind of complete his mission or whatever at the end of the day it didn't work though it didn't fucking work like they killed him and they went and he did all this damage and at the end he admits that he loves mikasa which is like him kind of admitting to armin like yeah dude like i i don't hate mikasa and here i am again being Aaron, like I'm, st- he's still kind of that little whiny fucking bitch that just runs in, <laughs> that is like asking his friends to save him all at the end, and so they kill him, and then like it goes, it, it kind of like goes down the timeline to years and years later, and guess what? There's another war, and there's like this scene that could, like looks like another Titan is about to be born, and so all of that, all of his whole plan, at the end of the day was for nothing. And so it brings me back to my initial point. If at any point he could have just sat down with somebody and been like, hey, I have an idea. Or if, let Armin be like, dude, that's the dumbest fucking idea you've ever... Like, that is big dumb, bro. Like, we should not do that. But he never does that. He's always just like, you're a nerd. I know what to do, and I'm going to go do it. And I just feel like that's, like, his tragedy and also kind of my beef with the entire show. How could a character be that dumb? How? So, well put. Um, thanks for holding your emotions to your to your vest, close to the vest. Not story time was amazing. I was enthralled. <laughs> tell us how you really feel. Uh, a couple things. I loved it. Uh, Aaron did admit that was his his plan all along, and talked to Armin in the paths about why he had to do it, why he had to become this evil villain because he knew that they would save the day and they would be heroes to the rest of the world, um, and then you find out this entire time he's been meeting with them throughout the story, but erasing their memory afterwards. So they don't remember the meeting, but basically he's explaining to them what he's doing 
And when he, you only see him in Armin talk, but after Armin comes back to the planet, Mikasa says, did Aaron give you his memories or your memories back too? And he's, he's like, yeah. So like they see the big picture of why he had to do this. He, he can basically, he gets in connection with the founding uh, or the founder and Ymir and he can, he is all time. He can see past, present, He's future. He's basically Dr. Manhattan at that point. Yes, exactly. And so he tried every possible other avenue he could to not kill 80% of humanity for this to happen. And none of them worked out. And this was like, it's kind of like uh, Dr. Strange in the time stone. He like ran through all the scenarios and there was one mm-hmm. that worked. This was the one that worked. And even though it didn't work great, it was the best outcome he could find. Um, but to your point, he admits I'm just an idiot that found power. Like he, he's not the person that should have been in this role to make this decision. He's just an emotional yeah. reacting idiot that happened to have a father that got him into this whole bloodline story and then found the founder. And here we are. So like, I think that actually is beautiful that the main person in this entire saga is, you know, not perfect and doesn't make the best decision and ultimately makes terrible decisions ultimately tries and it doesn't work out like that. What kind of story has that ending? Like usually it's like Very they go easy. through all this trial and then all of a sudden, the, you know, victory cigar end of credits. And this one is like going through all of this turmoil and tries to make the right decision, goes through all the avenues, tries to do this whole grand scheme and he does it and it still doesn't get the result. And it also has to do with humanity. Like, no matter what you do, humanity's always yeah. going to be evil uh, at the root of things. We're always going to have conflict. And so, like, th- there was so much going into that that I agree he wasn't the person for that, which I think made it even better. Because if Armin was that person, it'd just been like, yeah, let's do this over. Like, but there's <laughs> there's probably a better I, decision we can make here. But uh, I, I, think, I loved it. I think I think my my only beef with this entire show and – the reason why I would I, I don't think I'll put this in like one of the best animes of all time, although it's like it's up there. It's really, really, really good. Is the fact is how like consistent Aaron was in not listening to a single person and being fucking brash and dumb. Because that's the part that I think makes me feel like it's unrealistic. Like I get that he's flawed and he has like this like knee jerk thing. And that's all well and good, but I wish that they made him a little bit more dynamic, not just one way, because I think that the fact that he was just like one color, basically the entire show made him feel flat to me as opposed to like, yeah, okay, he's got these tendencies, but like he's a human and any human can be reasoned with like once or twice, you know, like especially because he has all these super smart people around him. But I just feel like he was so consistently Aaron despite any of these different scenarios around him, like he had Irvin around him, Armin, Mikasa, Levi, Haji, like all these amazing people who were like really smart and trying to talk him out of his dumb shit and nobody could do it. That's the part that like kind of bothers me about it. I like think ultimately the- I do not like Aaron as a character and that's why. Season four, I get you, but season four, I feel like he did develop and grow and I think that he tried other avenues he did pull people into cons like to talk and like you just don't see all those meetings because he erased their memories but like he was more knowing than anyone at that point because of his connection with the founder and i think that this was the best outcome at that time that he got that power they've already gone this far this is the best outcome i can do so I, i think that he tried to not react emotionally and to think this out and think this through 
And that was the long con. Like, no hard-headed, emotional reacting, fucking knee-jerk guy can think of that entire con of the, to lead up to that result without being forward-thinking. Um, so I, I think there was more development, but he's definitely not my favorite character or even close. And I just like how, how the flawed protagonist did everything he could, just still didn't get you know the result he wanted. I, I think still that's didn't, cool. Still don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. JR. <clears throat> Here. So, have you ever heard of the uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards? I have. Yeah. Uh, I know what Crunchyroll is, but I didn't know they had Anime Awards. Yeah, I've heard of Crunchyroll. So they had Anime Awards, and so um, on the sixth, which was the sixth Anime Country Awards, which was uh, 2022, they an, um, nominated Aaron for. And I love that you guys are talking about this because it's is the one fact that I wanted to bring up. But you guys are like, he's one way this way, and he's another way this way. He was actually nominated for the best uh, protagonist and the best antagonist <laughs> in that award. <laughs> and that was last year so before I, this season. That was that was twenty twenty two. Wow. And so he he didn't win, but I, I love that you guys how you guys described it and how you guys put that together because that's exactly what he was nominated for. He's complicated. He's that one he person flat. that you're like, uh, nope, and that I feel like he's like no one will ever get him. You know what I mean? Like it's just how how things are. You think he's gonna be one way, he's another, and uh, there's it's very unpredictable. And I I I one thing I I think that has taught me, and I may not have liked it as much, but one thing that that, that this show has taught me and this manga, which I, I need to read, is that. What to Jordan's point is, it doesn't always have to be that cookie cutter ending or that cookie cutter story. Like it, this could be. It, it taught me a lot about death and a lot about how you know what. Let's just take a right turn here and not just go down this path that everybody expects, where the hero is literally this one exact. He's gonna save the day, or he's super powerful. Like I enjoyed the fact that it it changed my mind on how heroes can be. Which uh, is he a hero? Is he not? I don't know, but. I enjoyed that I was enthralled in the story more than the action, which is hard these days sometimes. Well, there was a lot. I mean, that's one thing that this is, I mean, I'm not an anime expert. I will never claim to be, but this is my favorite that I've seen so far. Um, And it's just such a beautiful union of great storytelling and great action, which is anime's kind of backbone, right? They're always the most creative, the most out there, always the fun action. Definitely most creative, yeah. like, just the drama and the political conflicts and the humanity Mm -hmm. behind it all. Like, I just think they did such a good job. Uh, And they closed it out really strong with the action, especially, but the story leading up to it was just incredible. I have a question for you guys. I have one, too, but go ahead. My question, MVP of the series. Who do you give it to? Ooh. It's pretty Oof. handily Mikasa. I knew Zach was going Mikasa, which is which is hard to argue with. I think that especially with how it ended, how yeah. can you not? Mikasa, I just he, I asked Alicia if we ever had a daughter if we could name her Mikasa. <laughs> really? Did she approve? No, absolutely not. She, <laughs> she was like, "Is this from your fucking anime?" Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But not. I literally, I think that. There's a couple – there's really, like, a handful of characters. Like, I was almost, like, five characters that I feel like I'll never forget from this show. Um, Aaron's one of them. Um, yeah. But on the to- top of that list for me is is Mikasa because she's so um, 
in my mind, she, she she's pretty complicated, especially towards the end, because she ha she really loves Aaron, um, and it's been pretty apparent that she's like in love with this dude uh, for a while now, but she won't say it. Um, she's a beast, absolute monster dude. on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and at the end, uh, she's the one that has to kind of kill the one that she loves, and um, cuts his fucking that... head off and kisses him. That's brutal. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I just feel like that scene is like cemented in my mind, um, and yeah, it's it's just. I I also feel like she had like some of the coolest fight scenes. Like I remember towards the end in in the uh, chapter two of the final two episodes where she's like crushing titans and and hurling uh those harpoon spears and she's just so fast and her blades are whirling and shit's going everywhere and then she lands and as she lands she like pulls the pin on two spears on titans that are behind her and there's like that explosion behind her and she's just like looking at the camera mm -hmm. i was like watching that by myself and out loud i'm like jesus mikasa is a monster bro like she has like so many sequences like that that i just feel like dude she's so dope so yeah, the, for me. The Titans were cool, but the ODM gear battles were just so much the heart of this show. Like when it comes to action, like the way they just maneuvered and it, it was so yeah. creative. So well swords and and thunder spears, bro. Like oh my god, gas powered freaking grappling hooks and shit. Just so cool. I I know this last time we did this, I argued who was. My argument was Levi, and your argument was Mikasa, who was like the baddest. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I. Uh, I wish my only complaint in season four was Levi got watered down at the end because of his injuries. So he couldn't really be the Levi that he's been this entire time. I also didn't realize he was so short. Like, good how God. He got, how he got injured was that was fucking crazy, though. It like was. Zeke, Zeke had that whole like background and we learned like who he was and how he had that father. And then he was like, I hope you're watching me. And then he pulls the pin, dude. Like, oh, my. That was. No. And it was funny, like, he's just riding in a cart and cutting his limbs off steadily as they go because he yeah. keeps growing them back, and he's, he's just so heartless. And then, like, I thought it was perfect when the, Zeke reveals himself on, the, on, on Aaron's back, and he's like, I'm here, and, like, he kind of, like, changed, Zeke had. He kind of changed his perspective and was trying to help them, and he, like, turned the Titans to help them and everything. And Levi didn't even ask him a question, just straight fucking head cut off. Like, he wasn't waiting to give him another second. Yeah, dude, he was uh, like, I'm killing this fucking Yeah, I no love way. that. But I think that Mikasa has to be the MVP. My only other options, because Levi kind of, you know, he, he's really just a battle guy. Like, he's not necessarily a heart of the story. Armin's obviously considerable. And I think low-key Reiner uh, really, Reiner is really up is, there, dude. is up there. Reiner uh, goes yeah. hard. That was my choice. Four, was Reiner. I fucking loved yeah. Reiner, it was actually man. A great quote. Reiner. Yeah. Reiner was, uh, that, that was kind of my vote. Yeah. And just because I think it was just, I don't know. I, I love some of the quotes that I've been reading from him to like Aaron, you know, I wanted to become a hero. That's why I always acted like everyone's big brothers too. I want people to respect me. That and that wasn't just a history of my environment. It was my it was my fault. Your mother was eaten by a titan because I of me. I can't stand this anymore. Just kill me. I beg you. I want to vanish. Like that right there. Like I've been just reading all these quotes from Attack on Titan because a lot there's a lot of good stuff that I was like, oh fuck, what? Like and you try to write that stuff down and you're like, fuck, I didn't catch it. And then you just want to continue the story. Mm -hmm. But like Rainier, it's the, I just I enjoyed him quite a bit. I enjoyed. Um, and Aaron, I enjoyed Aaron, of course, but 
I think he's the one that I kind of like gravitated towards, especially late this whole time. And especially isn't it crazy late, yeah. how like in the beginning, early in the series, like Rhino's just kind of like the villain. Like he's like almost this like faceless villain with a mask that's like a monster that you're just like, well, fuck this guy. Like, but over time, that's what's so cool about anime, and I think what makes anime really such a unique way to tell a story that I I don't know if any other medium has been able to capture this in this way the 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 character journeys that can happen within a single series of an anime on these like 20 minute per per episodes is really remarkable bro like Rhina is just a speak doesn't even speak like an armored monster and by the end you're like dude he's suffering he was this lieutenant he made all these terrible choices he's got blood on his hands I'm really rooting for this guy. And then Aaron has like this opposite where he's like the protagonist, but now he's like, he's this mon- I just feel like that's like really pretty unique and attack on Titan, like knocks that shit out of the park. The the hundred percent, the turnaround of the characters and the development and the growth. Like I always talk about character development and damn, like the, the yeah, characters right. were fully developed in this, in this four seasons. Um, but yeah, Reiner, Reiner has to be mine. Just be, I love how he started as the, the, kind of the crux of the issue and then became like and he was tortured and wanted to give up but he refused to give up because of his responsibility and just took on fucking everybody and took on everything he could to help and save and yeah got his yeah. ass wrecked <laughs> over and over again but it was yeah. worth it uh, what was your question zach i i before i move on i just want to give a couple more honorable mentions to some like kind of b-side characters but i think that they were like really really dope i love hanji Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that Hanji was super dope in the sense, like, first of all, she was, like, kind of comic relief for most of her role in this. She was funny. She was, like, the mad scientist. But then she took over, like, the the commander of the scouts. And um, she almost died when Bertold uh, summoned his colossal titan right on top of her. She lost her eye in that battle. That was at the end of season three. But then, like, at the end, when... Um, she basically sacrifices herself to like hold off the rumbling so they can get that that airplane in the air. She goes out so and hard. She's just looking at her group and she's like, "It's my time now. Like, like this is my, it's my moment." And then when she walks over to Levi and she like talks to him and she's like, "Yeah, I'm like I'm this is me. I'm about to I'm about to go." And Levi like is silent for a second and then he puts his hand on her chest to do the salute and then he's like, "Give your heart." That was, like, such a moment for me. I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then she just goes out on fire, like, in flames, just killing colossal titans. I thought that was hella dope. Ervin, the first commander of the scouts, he was a monster too, bro. And he's the one that, like, the, I think what Mikasa had for Eren, where, like, you know how, like, Ackermans have, like, one person that they're attached to and that they're just going to protect? I think Levi had that for Edervin. I don't yeah. think it was like a love thing, but like, because Edervin was like, kill the Beast Titan. That was his last words to Levi. And Levi was like, I literally am not going to fucking rest until this fucker is dead. Like, and he had this like hellbent mission to kill the Beast Titan. Um, so I thought that that was hella tight too. Ottermine was cool. Um, There's like some other B characters like Jean, who Jean like, was... grew up with them. Yeah, Jean was cool. I thought he was cool. Like, I thought that. He... He was, you know, going to be the next commander of the scouts, probably. Um, yeah. So there was, there's a lot of really, really dope characters, for sure. Agreed. Um, okay, so my question, my question is, 
at the end aaron has this like master grandiose plan that we already kind of touched on but there was like a couple other options zeke was saying that he wanted to do the uh like an eldian euthanasia basically so make them so they can't have kids so that the eldian race like slowly dies off um and get older and older and then otterman was saying like basically we should just do a rumbling but do a small one to like kill the ports of other cities and um then like stay like in our island and keep the rumbling as like a potential option for anybody that wants to like step to us so i guess my question is like both of those feel like better options than what aaron did. <laughs> like so how did we land on like nah let's just like destroy humanity and do you agree with that? Like, do you agree with what Aaron decided to do compared to those other two options? No, I don't agree with Aaron's plan. I think that the reason he didn't do Zeke's is because it would have made it so his friends that he did everything for wouldn't be able to grow up and have families. And that's ultimately yeah. like that, he that's, cared that's about like the easy one to like cross off. I, yeah. I can see why he didn't do that one. He but cared about why his didn't circle. he do armies? So my thought to that is that he tried it because he said he tried every scenario possible and none of them worked. So my theory is he maybe tried that and it didn't change anything. Um, even though his plan ultimately didn't really change anything, I think it did because it evened out the scales. Like they weren't such a threat because of the Titans. They got Merc eliminated or whatever. Um, so maybe that did ch make an ultimate change to where like peace could be eventual or less war because they weren't such like the Titans – power is gone or whatever. Um, so maybe he tried it and it didn't work out in his little scenario practice thing. Um, but I have a question with the Titans and the Colossal Titans. Like, if you release the rumbling or whatever, like, he can control however many he releases, can they just come right back and go back into the walls? Like, is that... Or if they use, if they release them, they're gone. Like how, I don't even know think, how that would I work. I think they can come back. I mean, I'm assuming if he can control them, he could just bring them back. Like, like how they got there initially was um, like a an original uh, descendant of Emir brought, essentially brought them there and built the walls out of them. So if they could do that in the past, I don't see why Aaron could do that now. Couldn't do that now. Did she, did they like bring the Titans and then build a wall around them or they build them in like with the wall? Like, cause she can like build them out of sand, right? Isn't that how they kind of came? Yeah. From, maybe that. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking really know. know. It's weird, but maybe they tried it. And it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. JR, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> Um, honestly, guys, I, I think what towards the end, I just enjoyed the, the story. <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought Bro, about, this is history, like, what's JR. the best option? It's not fiction. <laughs> this really happened, and we need to learn from it so that humanity doesn't, it doesn't happen to humans again. We can't suffer another I, I, rumbling. I think that, I mean, obviously those two other choices were better. I, <laughs> I just thought, I, it didn't occur to me to think of, like, okay, what would I do? Um... I I'd fuck, fuck it. I blow up the fucking world. <laughs> you, would, say, you would do it, Aaron. Jesus. All right. I do it, Aaron. Did fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> did fuck it. Jr. is ah, whatever. The most like Aaron. He's like, yeah, bro. Fuck it. <laughs> People try to talk to him. He's like, nah, dude. Fuck it. You hot guys head. can save fuck me. It. Jr. the hothead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think that. Yeah. I um. I I have. I yeah. I, I, you guys are too too deep for me. I was just like, F I'm just gonna fucking blow this shit up. I don't give. Like, Jr. This isn't the Marvels. Um, this is Attack on Titan. We have to dive into this shit. I'm sorry. It was so much. I enjoyed all of it. I did, and I just it, sometimes my brain goes into like enjoying mode, and 
um, there is a lot to this stuff, and I and I I, I, I probably would have done the same thing Aaron would have done, and just say fuck it. <laughs> I, I think I would have. Hey man, at least you're honest. Compared to the other two. At least you're honest. Yeah. yeah. And you'll spend eternal eternity in hell with Armin. So enjoy that. That is probably where I'm going anyway. So <laughs> might as well just make it. I won't let that happen to you, boo boo. Uh, okay. All right, so Thank let's you. go around <laughs> and rate rate the series. I. I love Attack on Titan. I've loved it since the first episode. I just think it's the best combination of storytelling and action. Um, season four, just if anything, just confirmed that even more. I have very few critiques. Uh, not liking Aaron was kind of my only critique, really, and the way they turned that around to make him what become what he became. I think they really s- salvaged that. I, I think my only critique is sometimes it does drag a little bit when it gets really political and they're trying to go back and forth of who's who's in the right, who's in the wrong from this perspective. Now let's look at this perspective and this perspective. And while it's important and it's interesting, it does take a lot of time sometimes. So that's like my really only critique, which is a small one. I give the series a 9.6. Wow, high. Super high. Wow. Um, I'm a fan. I'll go. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I give it a 9. It's, it's not as high as Jordan, not a 9.6, not a 10. Um, but it's, it's really good. It's super good. Um, my biggest critique was I just felt like Aaron was predictable in his behavior and then annoyed me a lot, but, uh, overall it was great. <laughs> uh, I'm on the same page as that. I was going to give it a nine. Um, I just, the, the normal appease to me and, um, I don't know, I'm I'm try I've always been like on up and down with anime, so I think this was an up for me. So yeah, I, I I'm giving it a nine and um it was quite enjoyable. It was it was a long road but and I didn't go as long as Zach did, but it was definitely a long road to watch <laughs> and, and enjoy it though. I'm not mad I watched all the seasons back to back to back. It was it was a cool experience. Dude, that's an accomplishment. That's an accom we should get you like a little plaque or something. Uh all right, that gives us a nine point two. I'm Looking, all right, there it is. Rotten Tomatoes season four is on here. Rating is a ninety-three. Nice, ninety-three percent. We're right there. We are on the money. Audience score. Oh, audience score is a ninety-three. They don't have a tomato meter, so they don't have critic score. So that is right where we're at. Did you know they made a live-action movie? Did they really? Oh god, I bet no. that's terrible. In 2015, it's got a oh, it's awful. got a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, so. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know if not. live action can capture like what anime does. Like they I have I just tried. I I just they feel have I, tried. they've tried a million times. I don't know if there's ever been one that's actually worked. I feel like in the last this is like kind of a tangent, it'll, it'll be fast, but in the last Creed movie, I know that Michael B Jordan was like really leaning into like anime and trying to like capture the classic kind of um, anime rivalry, like Goku, Vegeta, Naruto, Sasuke type of rivalry between him and um, uh, Jonathan Abrams character. Is that majors? Majors. Majors. Yeah. Majors. Um, And I just, I just feel like in, in live action, it just, I don't know why, but it just doesn't translate. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's because anime anime sets a tone that you expect. There's going to be long, drawn-out dialogue with these scenes that are, like, panning slowly and they're talking. And it's, like, 
it's not accepted in reality. Like that doesn't happen. You don't have this time to build up these stories and go back and forth where they have these pauses yeah. mid battle. And it's anime is just accepted. Cause that's the format. Like that's, that's how we know what's going on in there. Like their internal dialogue during a battle is so long and drawn out right before they're about to get <laughs> yeah. hit, but you can't do that that's in live true. action. So I just think there's something, some things you can't do. And I know they tried to that's do true. this as a live play and somebody died in the, making of it so they they had to cut it out what oh yeah man. they were having like trapeze artists swinging from things and everything and somebody fell and died and so they they stopped it so I maybe just did not know that. Whew, That's steer clear of attack on titan let it be what it is yeah i also uh, think yeah. that i think that you're probably onto something there and i also think that like anime in in its art form allows for like really special um visuals that really can't be recreated yet yeah. in live action like e like just let's just talk about the scene where Mikasa's like flying around on this like massive bone dragon there's titans all over the place she cuts off Aaron's head holds up his head with all this wild stuff going on around her and then kisses him like imagine seeing that in a movie i just don't know if they'd be able to do it in the same way with the same speed and fluidity and coloring like anime allows them to do this wild stuff that really just sticks with you that I just don't know if it can be done otherwise. Agreed. Agreed. And so, that's why yeah. it's become the format we love today. And every single yep. attempt to make it a live action does not work. Um, <laughs> all right, JR, you got anything for uh, comic stock talk for us this month? Yeah. All right. So Disney Plus is coming out with a show called Echo. And so I think Echo is going to lead into the Daredevil stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you kind of a high or a low and then a high book. Um, there's also a couple other mid-range books. Um, but the it looks like they're going to be have a character called Vendetta in that book. So there's his first appearance is in a book called um, Bullseye, which is obviously the villain Bullseye. And number one, which came out in 2017. And that book is only like probably like five ten bucks or something like that um i'm seeing it low at, at the lowest i've seen is like three bucks um there's also some other first appearance so anytime you get first appearances and you can get multiple first appearances in the book that's really good so there's um Ven uh joe jo joy jones becomes vendetta and then there's a team appearance of the black knife cartel all this stuff is like daredevil stuff you know and then there, there's a. I can give you a really high end one. Um, obviously, the first appearance of Daredevil. So this is what I'm telling you. It's tying into Echo, and um, that is like twenty one thousand bucks. So if you have twenty one thousand dollars plus, Jesus. go ahead and get the first Daredevil. Yikes. Um, Kingpin's gonna be in there. Uh, first appearance of Kingpin. That's about four grand. That's uh, Amazing Spider-Man fifty. Um, I've been trying to get that book forever. I would have bought that book. I almost bought that book uh, three years ago, and it was like tore up, and it was still like five hundred bucks. Like Jesus, missing a lot of pages, but I should have bought it because it's, it's a great book. Um, Echo herself is in a book. It's a Daredevil book, um, Daredevil number nine, and it's from nineteen ninety nine, so it's like a, a later run. But that book is a, probably around. Oh, man, I, it says 80, but I'm pretty sure it's lower. No one, we've had Echo in the store before, and it's it sat there for a while. So I think we just sold the last copy, but about 80 bucks. So that's probably a good one to get because if the show does well, you know, it's only 80 bucks. So. Yeah. All right. And that's what I got. You got anything so, for uh, the upcoming X-Men 
uh, Avengers crossover. So the only thing I have for X Men is the Deadpool three movie stuff. Okay. Which I'm so ex- I'm stoked the for Deadpool- that. Yeah. So apparently, there looks like they're gonna have maybe even Sabretooth in there. I saw Venom walking so, by Deadpool in like a picture. I'm not sure if Venom's gonna be. In yeah, there. it's kind of weird. I don't know if that was. Re- I did see that too. I don't know if that was real, but obviously we've seen uh, Hugh Jackman in the orange and blue suit um, with mm-hmm. Deadpool. Um, so that is pretty cool, but there is some speculation that uh, Sabretooth is going to be there, and the first full, uh, if you can get a Sabretooth comic, that's amazing, and it's only, I mean, it's under a thousand bucks, but that came in Iron Fist number 14, which is 1977, who doesn't love the first appearance of a villain, right? I mean, that's pretty cool yeah. there, and then, um, let me see, I, there's, the first appearance of Kidpool, I guess there's another alternate version of that. I wrote that down. That does not sound appeasing to me, but um, that's a $20 book. Kidpool? Uh, Kidpool. There's actually a Spider Boy now that came out, um, and then actually a Venom Boy. So they've kind of like adapted these uh, characters into kids. Interesting. Um, and then there's even a dog pool. Apparently that might be in the uh, movie. <laughs> I don't know. That wouldn't surprise me, actually. So, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but if you really want like a cool book to have, anytime Wolverine comes out, you always want to get that Wolverine number one, and it's kind of famous. He's got the he's got his three claws up, and he's kind of po- w- signaling over with his finger. That book is not crazy high. I have that book graded um, at a nine point six, but uh, you can buy that first solo title probably under two hundred bucks, and that'll probably go up because. Wolverine just does really well, even when the movies don't do that. Those books do really well. So, two hundred dollar book probably can jump into three or four hundred bucks. You get it graded. I've seen that book sell at like five hundred bucks at nine point eight. So, well, um, that's my stock talk today. Reasonable, nice, and solid yeah. advice. Thank you, Jr. All right. Well, that is all we have for this month's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's been so good seeing you fellas from across the state. Um, yep. And to everybody out there, please go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Like, subscribe, uh, give us a five-star review, and we'll give you a shout-out on next month's episode. But until next time. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs>